first, let me tell you about Rough Greens. That's your dog. Miles? Yeah. He's very uh, old, but mm-hmm. doing well. Doing well. Better than Still Joe chugging. Biden. Yes, he's he's awake a lot longer. If President Miles mm-hmm. uh, would have pulled troops out of Iraq or, or of Afghanistan, would it have gone better than what Joe Biden just did? I can firmly say there's no doubt it would go better than <laughs> the, what Joe Biden just did. crazy. Uh, and I think that's uh, President Miles, even without rough greens. Yeah. Uh, rough <laughs> greens. I mean, he's got energy. He runs around the house as much as, you know, a hundred year old dog can run mm-hmm. around the house. Uh, because he has all of the nutrients that are missing in, you know, everyday dog food. Mm-hmm. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens right now for your dog to try out. It's just a little trial uh, sample bag. You can try it out for about a week. Just make sure your dog loves it as much as our dogs do. Uh, and then start sprinkling it on their food and watch the difference over the next couple of months. It's remarkable. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. thing I have heard or read about the debacle uh, in Afghanistan comes from Andrew Stiles and he writes the US military withdrawal from Afghanistan has quickly become the most embarrassing national security debacle since the Vietnam War perhaps more importantly however the debacle is one of the most inclusive of its kind in American history Let's share with you what Andrew Stiles uh, lines out because maybe this is a win for inclusivity. The Glenn Beck Program. Being uh, financially and fiscally responsible is uh, important, especially if you want to have comfort in your life and a little bit of flexibility. But sometimes... It is, it's not enough uh, on its own because life is full of expenses, uh, both ones we see coming and the ones we don't. The good news is financial uh, help, a bridge between the gap and you and financial freedom can be found from American financing. If you're a homeowner, for example, you're paying 3% or more on your mortgage, uh, it's probably time to give American financing a call and talk to them about a refi. If you've got debts, especially high-interest credit card debts, American Financing can walk you through a consolidation loan and really put you into a place where you can feel at ease as much as ease is, is capable or, or allowed in today's world. For any loan situation, American Financing is there to work uh, with you and get you the financial place where you really need to be. Family-owned business. They're, they're working for you. They're not working for the bank. There's no nonsense, no upfront or hidden fees, no pressure. Just a great family-owned company that can cover you coast to coast. 
It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So Andrew Stiles has written something for the free beacon that I just love. It is really important that, you know, hey, didn't all of our mothers say turn that frown upside down? Let's look for the positives in what happened in Afghanistan. Because, yes, yes, it was the biggest embarrassment in American history. Um, You know, they... People said this is like Saigon. No, it's not. It's not like Saigon because nobody was hanging on to the helicopter and then plunging to their death after takeoff. So it wasn't like Saigon. They're right. But he writes the Biden administration's Afghanistan policy may have failed in the conventional sense, but it was remarkably successful in the terms of gender and racial diversity of the individuals responsible for that failure. Many will die as a result, but blame for their deaths will be shared among an impressive array of female and uh, people of color in official capacities. All in all, this is a triumph of American inclusiveness and exceptionalism. For instance, Vice President Kamala Harris was reportedly the last person in the room with President Joe Biden when he made the decision to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan. Harris, uh, a a female person of color, uh, she is um, a Tamil Indian Afro-Jamaican descent, and she's also in charge of Biden administration's failed efforts to secure our southern border. So she's, you know, she is she's quite an amazing woman. And her chief spokesperson uh, is also also a person of color. Now, if you want to go a little further, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, first African-American to serve in that position and the first to preside over military defeat in such an extraordinary magnitude. So he'll be remembered. Um, Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, she's the first woman to oversee an epic intelligence failure after the U.S. spy agencies estimated the Taliban would uh, overrun Kabul within 90 days of U.S. withdrawal. It just happened in 72 hours. But uh, she, I mean, she is going to be remembered as the first woman to really oversee something this horrific. By the way. Glass ceiling shattered. Shattered. Mm -hmm. Shattered. Um, She also used to host uh, regular erotica night events in uh, bookstores in Baltimore. So we got that going for her. We got her. (laughs) What? What? That's true. I don't, I'm not up on that's my absolutely Avril, true. Yeah, Avril Haines. Another important figure in Biden's decision to withdraw from Afghanistan is the uh, Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman. Now she was the former director of Emily's List, uh, who served as a lead negotiator for the Iran nuclear deal, and she was joined by Victoria Newland, the Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs. Newland prepared, you know, um, at uh, Choate Rosemary Hall. She graduated from Brown University, served as a non-resident fellow at the Brookings uh, Institution, 
And she is also a woman who has defended Chinese propaganda. But she's a woman. She's a woman. And she was there. Okay? And that counts for something. Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, she provided invaluable representation as a uh, person of color with a vagina. Um, Alejandro (laughs) Mayorkas, the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, critical voice from the Latinx community Mm. as he oversaw the administration's effort to provide visa to uh, military interpreters and other Afghan refugees. Now, I mean... (sighs) It didn't really work out, but the blood of those people will be on the most diverse set of hands in the history of American decision making. Wow, and I think that's great. That is now White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki conveniently out of the office until the 22nd of August. Uh, but she has been both a fearless defender of the administration's uh, decision to withdraw from Afghanistan Uh, a stern critic of the uh, Taliban. She has a vagina. Uh, Last week, she warned that the militant group has uh, has to make an assessment about what they want their role to be in the international community. And I think I think that kind of dress down uh, from Saki, again, a woman uh, is amazing. And she's just not a, a woman. Okay, she is also a proud member of the underrepresented, uh, uh, underrepresented um, ginger American community. Mm. You don't see a lot of gingers and especially gingers in power. Not in this country, at least. No, you don't. Not enough, Glenn. Not Not enough. enough. Not enough. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that is a diverse group of people. Um, Of course, (laughs) Biden uh, represents those people who are in cognitive decline, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the older set that just can't do it anymore. Uh, and that is upper, you know, that's underrepresented in, in most boardrooms, you know, or the highest levels of, uh, really, of any corporate or, re- organization attempting to be competent. Don't normally employ, don't, do it. don't take the brave step of taking someone who is incompetent yeah. and put them at, in charge. Yeah. And we've done that. I mean, I think that, you know, when you get somebody who is cognitively completely checked out, that is an important underrepresented, uh, uh underrepresented, uh, viewpoint. Really? It was, a, it was an interesting choice to, to put as a leader, someone who's incompetent and incontinent, mm. which is, <laughs> which is yeah, not usually done. Not, not the normal, not step. usually done. And I was under the impression, Glenn, I have to say that I thought maybe and this is, I shouldn't admit this on the air, but I was under the impression that only white men could fail the spectacularly. no. And, and that is that's mm. why we have to celebrate yes inclusiveness mm-hmm. and we have to <laughs> celebrate mm-hmm. uh, the fact that we see now people of color mm. people with vaginas oh wow uh, um, people that are ginger mm-hmm. people that are completely incapacitated because they're so old yes they can. Bring a bring a bring about the biggest debacle in all of American history, and I think that is wow. That's that incredible. is something that wow. we should just pause for a minute. <gasps> ah. 
and look at. Uh, but, you know, I, I will tell you um, that it is it's more than just this, uh, because we have to go back to President Obama um, and really a tip of the hat to President Obama uh, for this, because, uh, you know, he was the guy who really laid the groundwork for all of this. And I think it's great. Um, in 2014, we all might remember the uh, five Taliban commanders, remember, mm-hmm. that were released from Gitmo. And uh, we, white guys like me, we're, we were like, uh, don't do that. That's really, da- these guys are really bad. But he pointed out that, no, no, now they've been in jail now since 2002. And, and they can go back and, and be productive members of society. And it was... It was Barack Obama, again, a person of color, um, it just to show the diversity. There were white people involved. There were men. There were blacks. There were uh, Native Americans. There were, there were Indians. There were all kinds of different people involved in this decision that made it as spectacular as it really is. I mean, when you want to say, hey, did the white people... Uh, just take off on an airplane where a bunch of people were hanging onto the sides and have them fall to the death. You'll say, no, no, that was a community (laughs) that made that happen. (laughs) That's great. Uh, And so when you look at the new commander uh, of the uh, Taliban, the guy who's in charge of the Taliban, I just want you to know that he was in Gitmo until 2014. He was taken in 2002 because he now don't judge him okay he was one of the main liaisons with al-qaeda uh while he was functioning in the the uh, the original taliban uh um government so someone that can work well with others yes absolutely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely uh and he was really i mean he was really doing some 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 great things back then he was the uh, minister of the interior now, here, the Minister of Interior would oversee our national parks and things like that. But over in the Taliban, the Minister of Interior is the guy that oversees the enforcement of the Islamist punishments. Oh. So he was the guy who was in charge of cutting people's hands and heads off, uh, you know, uh, stonings and those kinds of things. That was his job. And we captured him in 2002 because he was not a good guy. So we sent him to prison. And then in 2014, Barack Obama finds this guy who we all know is a hero. Uh, you remember Bo, Bo Bergdahl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the army sergeant. That, oh, yeah. Oh, that was taken uh, by uh, the extremists and... Uh, and they were they were he was taken um, and and well, not tortured, but he was held for two years. And then during that two years, suddenly they became very, very good at targeting our troops. And later, you know, later we find out that, uh, you know, uh, he pleaded guilty to desertion and uh, misbehavior before the enemy and was uh, sentenced to a dishonorable discharge. Um, and well, he appealed, but the, um, the courts held, uh, upheld the conviction against him. So, 
Uh, you know, and several soldiers were killed uh, or seriously injured uh, during the search and rescue missions uh, to find him. Uh, sorry, it wasn't two years. It was five years in captivity. And uh, and that's when Obama celebrated him as a heroic POW, uh, something that the Pentagon never, never said, obviously, because they were getting ready to, uh, you know, charge him with serious crimes. Um, but then his dad, you know, praised Allah in the Rose Garden. And it was it was great. It was great. We traded him for the guy who's now leading the Taliban. So I think we yeah. have yep. even I you know oh, when you wow. think this is bad then you realize no 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 this collection of uh very diverse people I was thinking back to the did immortal, a great job. immortal mm-hmm. words of Bo Bergdahl mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I'm glad mm-hmm. that we traded this Taliban uh you know leader leader for yeah. for him and I was thinking back to what he was saying about America and how much he loved it and when oh. he when he said I'm sorry for everything here. These people need help, yet what they get is the most conceited country in the world telling them that they are nothing and that they are stupid and they have no idea how to live. I am mm. sorry for everything. The horror that is mm. America oh, is man. disgusting. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we got him. Yeah, yeah I'm glad we, we got, got him back. back. We got him we back. We traded him for only yeah. five Taliban leaders, including the, the leader. The leader now <laughs> who's in charge of yeah. Afghanistan, who, by the way, mm. has promised... There will be a very diverse Taliban. Uh, they are not going to overlook women oh, this time around. Good, so, good yeah. again. It's another really win. Another really good. win. He'll kill them just as fast as anybody else. Uh, anyway, you want a snack? Yeah. Yeah. I want one about every 20 minutes of my life. But it's important when you do have a snack that it's something good for you. And I hate hearing that because I don't believe anything that I like is good for me until I found Built Bars. The flavor comes first at Built, and they uh, will not make something that doesn't taste great. They make it taste great, and they're like, okay, now how can we make this taste good and be low in calorie, low carbs, high protein, and high fiber? Well, they've done it with nine amazing flavors, and they also have the limited time flavor occasionally. You can get a mixed box, and you can try two of each of the nine flavors. I have not hit one that I don't like. That is, that, to me, that's incredible. Built.com. You're going to love them. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and get 15% off your next order. It's Built.com. Promo code BEC15. 10 seconds, station ID. So I have uh, uh, recently found um, a woman who I just think is really quite brilliant. She does a podcast for Ricochet, and her name is Michaela Getz. And she wrote to me last night, and she said, I've been thinking about the people of Afghanistan. And many nights in my prayers, I say, thank you, God, for choosing me to be a person and to live in America and to live right now. Considering that God could have dropped me down at any place at any time, I'm floored that I was chosen to be born here in America at this time. Watching the last hope for freedom fail, uh, fade into in real time for people in Afghanistan, I can't help but wonder why one of them is not me why is it them and not me 
as people literally hold on to airplanes in the hopes of leaving their country. I'm sitting here concerned about rising gas prices. As the Taliban strips women of their personness in America, we're concerned about female athletes being paid less than their male counterparts. A little perspective changes everything. Not that in America we're not facing real challenges. We are, but I still thank God every day I was born in America and somewhere somewhere Afghanistan, like Afghanistan I was not born in. Watching the Taliban make such a radical advance makes the preservation of American ideas even more paramount. Freedom is being stripped away from people of Afghanistan. Surely we can't willingly hand ours away in America. Surely we won't do that. She wrote, when I was in Ukraine, a man saw my U.S. passport sneaking out of my backpack as I put my things away. Ah, the golden ticket, he said. Every day in Ukraine, someone would tell me of their dream and, and their dream of coming to work in America. I even had a few marriage proposals. But my best friend in Ukraine, Anna, wanted to come to America and sell jewelry. My aunt and uncle own a jewelry store in my town. I always considered working there as kind of the backup should I really need a job and fail at everything else. Considering that Anna's dream is my last resort backup really shook me at the time. God loves Anna the same as he loves me. Anna's faithful, intelligent, and tough. She'd be a great American. And yet, for some reason, I was born with a golden ticket and not her. In no way is that justified, and yet it is. The question is, because God has given me so much, what can I give in return? How can I be worthy of the blessing of being an American today? That's the question I'm asking myself today. The Taliban is gaining, uh, gaining ground. Freedom is being globally challenged. <laughs> and we seem to be giving ours away. What can I do with the blessing of being an American today? That is real perspective. That is what we should be thinking of today. How blessed we are to live here and we didn't have to scramble onto an airplane or hold on to the tires as it was lifting off. We were given this. And for anybody who thinks that America isn't the best, would you hold on to the outside of an airplane if it was flying there? Is the Glenn Beck program. I don't see anybody doing that to get to Afghanistan or any other country. I love movies. Before all the COVID stuff, I used to go out to movies every single week. And on the rare occasion when everyone can agree on something, I'd love to sit down and watch a movie or a TV show with my family. But we would spend an hour just going over, I don't want to watch that one. I don't want to watch that one. I don't want to watch that one. Okay, we'll all agree on this one. Then mom chimes in, no. No, have you seen that show? Oh my gosh. It's like juggling chainsaws and I and and me, I can't juggle. Now, Vid Angel has come to the rescue. 
If you don't know what VidAngel is, you need to try this out. VidAngel gives you control over the content in your home. Basically, you set the filters for exactly what you want to see and don't want to see in your home. VidAngel works on most movies and TV on Amazon Prime and Netflix. It is so smooth, you don't even notice it. There's nothing to install, nothing to go out and buy, no wires, nothing. It's vidangelbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK1 and try it for a month for only a dollar. VidAngelBeck.com And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the home of Blaze TV. You can subscribe there and save 10 bucks when you use the promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We welcome Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed into our studios with us now. Thank you. Uh... Boy, I was proud of our president yesterday. Oh, bursting! He bursting was, with pride. Yeah, he to the he buck stops here. Well, except for the you know the part that the, except for the part where he blamed Trump. Yeah, and the know. part that he and the Afghan Afghan people. You know, uh, well, yeah, as he said, the buck stops here, except for wherever except for else. Trump and the yeah, Afghans. the buck except stops. For, yeah. Whose fault it really is? I mean, it's really their fault. <laughs> it's really their so fault. It's not my but fault. But the buck stops directly right. here. Right, and it was and important so. to know that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, he made the decision, but he was forced into the decision mm. uh, but, oh, uh, by, by Trump. Yeah, because by Trump. He, this is the one thing that's been consistent. Well, he consistent. followed the Trump plan like he's done so many other times. Every yeah. time. Man, if he's followed one Trump plan, he's followed them all, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he so refuses to change it up at all from yeah, the direction that Trump to. was going. And yeah. It was too good. That's why this is a. That's why that was a good excuse. Yeah. Because yeah. of his consistency mm-hmm. on all the other Trump-related matters, yeah. like the border, yeah, he's for instance, just, just you know, straight ahead, yeah, straight ahead. Well, exactly I think he is, keep it going. I mean, the nice thing <laughs> is, uh, the way he he is so consistent. The way the border mm-hmm. is going is exactly the way Afghanistan, Afghanistan is going. Yes. You mean worse that's than true. ever before? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. What about yes. inflation, though? It's not. That's not going yes. the same way. Yes, it, it is actually oh. is spending. Is spending on the spending, same? Spending. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, we're same thinking thing. that maybe uh, thirteen trillion dollars to twenty-one trillion dollars by the end of his term. <sighs> I love so, how he's blaming Trump for that too. Oh, that eight trillion yeah. he spent was ridiculous. Yeah. You spent that in about. An hour. <laughs> and all Democrats agreed with that spending. Yeah. yeah. We should point out yeah. as well. Uh, it, yes. Trump, I believe, was making them smaller, wasn't he? At one point, wasn't he like... Um, some, maybe of, we'll, some of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, George W. Bush uh, spoke out yesterday. He said, Laura and I have been watching the tragic events unfolding in Afghanistan with deep sadness. Our hearts are heavy for both the Afghan people who have suffered so much and for the Americans and native NATO allies who have also sacrificed so much. Mm-hmm. The Afghans now are at the greatest risk, as are, uh, as are the same ones who have been on the forefront of progress inside their nation. President Biden has promised to evacuate these Afghans along with American citizens and our allies. The United States government has legal authority to cut the red tape for refugees during urgent humanitarian crisis. And this is what I like. Um, you know, we could have done that slowly and methodically. But now let's just let's just, let's just cut the red tape and no need to really go slowly on who comes here in America and who doesn't. You know, I'm sure all those who are applying only have the best of intentions 
and really belong here, which is... Yeah, you won't get anybody from the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. No. Not a single person. No. I mean, there's not going to be anybody. I, I mean, I just hope we can get more <laughs> Elon Omars, you oh, know, right? Uh, which we brought into this country, and mm. she has just... She loves it. She, she loves it. Here. Hey, by the way, did you hear about the DNA test? I did see this story, yes. Yeah, so there was a DNA test. I didn't test. hear about the DNA test. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. No. Endeavor DNA Laboratories uh, <laughs> did a test... They took a, they took, I think, a straw from one of them. <laughs> and a cigarette. And a cigarette butt from the other. Okay. And Elon Omar and her husband. brother slash husband. I mean, her husband. Her husband. Her husband, her husband. husband brother. Yeah. Her brother, husband. Uh, a brother. Yeah. A brother. Her brother, husband. husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's Did the thing. Did they find out it is her brother? Well, only 99.999998% chance. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> I'm saying that there's a chance that they're not, but uh, hopefully <laughs> we can get that kind awesome. of screening done. It's a you bit know? of a weird story. They, they they claim to have legitimately like she's smoking, and they just took the cigarette butt and then mm-hmm. tested the DNA over mm-hmm. a multiple year investigation. It's a very oh, wow. uh, it's a very strange story, but that is what I, who reported that was it the Daily Mail. I can't remember. Uh, who reported yeah, it. Daily Mail. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I don't. Wow. I haven't heard anyone else reporting it yet. But I haven't I mean, either. It's a very odd story. Well, and, odd but interesting. But yeah, the whole odd, saga but true. is yeah, very true. odd. The yeah, whole saga is, is odd, yeah. even without well, DNA not, evidence. Yeah, let's not talk about it because there's nothing to see there. Let's just get as many people from Afghanistan onto flights here in America. <laughs> Look, I, it's a tough line because <laughs> no, the it people that been. did no, freaking it, help no, us no, no. do deserve no, they do. to get out of there. It yeah, they wouldn't do. have she been a tough line. It wouldn't have been a tough line. Had you done it differently? Yeah, you say, we're going to pull out every Everybody who is concerned about dying, mm-hmm. come to the embassy right now and we'll get all this paperwork done. You should have done that first. And they've been doing that. They've just blown the process the entire time, which is not a what? surprise. Yeah, they've had plenty of time. I mean, as we as everyone has noted here, mm-hmm. Donald Trump uh, negotiated this deal and Mike Pompeo negotiated this deal and the the exit was supposed to be May 1st. So we actually had more time. Than was actually outlined in the deal, and still it went this way, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. You had you had multiple extra months to prepare for this, and mm-hmm. still screwed it up like this. Mm-hmm. Massively, mm. uh, mass massively pathetic. Well, you know the thing that I really like uh, is the fact that now the entire world, uh, every single one of our allies. Now saying they know they can trust us. Good God! <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah, they, they know they, that they're coming out now. They know out we're loud. I know they are, and saying we don't know, know if we can trust that America Duh. will ever have our back. Well, yeah, that's England and and Denmark and Germany and France. Our allies are saying. Well, some of those countries punch above their weight anyway. Yeah, well, so they do. They don't need us. They do. They do. <laughs> they don't need us. Yeah, they do. Well, what would you say uh, if I'm Taiwan? I am uh, well. Don't worry. Terrified. Yeah. Don't worry. Terrified. Uh, China just said when uh, mm. we march into Taiwan, don't expect the Americans to come. The help. Americans won't help, and they're right. Exactly right. They're right. What do you say about that? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, you're right. Clearly. I mean, any move, China obviously is aware of this. I'm not breaking news to them, but any move <laughs> they'd want to make right now, they could just get well, away Well, they already with. did with Hong Kong. Yeah, they did it with Hong Kong. We didn't do anything. Yeah, did nothing. They could do it with, they could do it with Taiwan. They could do it wherever they wanted. Did you guys and, know that? And they, they know it. And they won the Olympics. Did you guys see that? I yeah. saw that. I see they tried to win the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, by adding Taiwan. Yeah, they just added all the and countries Hong they Kong. want to control. And Hong Kong. Yeah. And they still didn't beat us with mm. Taiwan and Hong Kong. They, they tried. And not in they total medals. It was anyway. very, it was very close. It was very, very close. It was close. very close. And uh, we added Canada because they're yeah. just like us anyway. Yeah. You can't and tell Mexico. Canadians apart from and China Americans. and China. We had also added China and we'd still be at what? <laughs> not even half their population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Think of that. You they're say, five times our population. America isn't them. exceptional. America isn't exceptional. They have five times the population. And don't forget the sport camps. Where they take children say, from their families when they're two. Correct. And they take the children that are are destined for greatness and they never see their families again. Mm-hmm. And they're taken to these camps and they're trained their whole life to be this us. is what you're going to do. And they can't find a way to beat us. It's pretty amazing. Mm. Gee, I it's know this amazing. system doesn't work, does it? That old no. freedom thing. Just there's, I don't know. It's kind of messy. <laughs> yeah, it's we're exceptional. You know, a lot like Great Britain is exceptional, and, and uh, Japan is exceptional. Japan, Russia exceptional. is exceptional. Zimbabwe is exceptional. There's nothing Everybody exceptional about exceptional. us because everyone right. thinks they're exceptional or right. exceptional. Hey, can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Should anyone be talking about the Twenty Fifth Amendment? Should anyone be talking we're... about that? You mean should everyone you mean be for talking Donald about Trump? It? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When he gets back in in August, mm-hmm. we need to remove him immediately with the Twenty Fifth Amendment. We only have 13, 14 days left, uh, so oh. we better get that done. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, I I find this incredible that <clears throat> no one is talking about that. Well, I, mean, I, I don't. You know, honestly, watching him yesterday. Yesterday, he looked solid. He looked solid and mm-hmm. honestly because he hasn't worked in two weeks it maybe mm-hmm. but i would say he seemed completely um uh, completely confident in his huge mistake like i uh-huh. he he, he absolutely mm-hmm. seemed to i did this intentionally yeah uh sort of laid it out and i, I stand I, behind it yeah i i think oh, he okay i don't i you know because on sunday i felt the same way where is this guy is this do we have a president or not but he was there. He was just making this decision intentionally, and it went the way that he well, was talking about. no, not on the weekend. Not on the weekend. He wasn't. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was actually calling the Fort Worth School District mm-hmm. to well, uh, uh, congratulate right. that, them on this their is a very... Tr- that's a true thing. True story. Actually did. Very brave stand on masks to mm-hmm. stand against the governor <sighs> of Texas. He was making calls to support the teachers' union... While people were falling out of the sky and being slaughtered in the streets of Afghanistan. I mean, just in case you needed it to be worse. uh, There it is. There's there's your president. I'll say this coming into this. None of us believed joe biden was going to be a good president but no. this has been but it's really spectacularly rem- I mean, this worse is than i thought it this was. is you know what this is the exact opposite of of donald trump Mm-hmm. I expected Donald Trump to be somewhat of a disaster. Uh, Back in 2016. In 2016. Yeah. He gets into office and 
he was a disaster on, you know, relationships and everything else. But it all kind of turned out the right way. You know, <laughs> I think that they're all treasonous in the press. And you're like, oh, dear God, why would you say well, that? And then like two years later, and you're like, you know yeah, what? I think he's treasonous right. in the press. <laughs> you think well, he's right. Look at apples to apples here, basically. He came in <laughs> with one of the biggest people forget this. One of the biggest things in the entire campaign was ISIS in 2016 wiped him out and he wiped him out a very similar situation here where you have an mm-hmm. insurgent group starting here and we're just like giving them the country we're just like ah you guys take it you'll probably do better than we could anyway that's basically his i mean think about how bad this has been this has been we all assumed this is almost it's very similar to the taliban like we all kind of assumed that maybe the taliban would be back in control eventually but it happened so fast, it was like breathtaking. That's the Biden administration. Like, I didn't assume he was going to be a good president. But this is breathtaking how bad he has been, how quickly he has got, he's gotten to this level of complete failure. I mean, this has been, it's remarkable. No, you did this. Why would you expect less in Afghanistan when this is exactly how breathtaking the border was? Yeah, the, yeah exactly. I mean, it didn't, it, it wasn't a big buildup. It was just like, you know what? Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody came in. They, they had a chart they've been running for years on the border that the government releases. And you've this seen is it amazing. Before. Have you seen this? You, I don't know. You've Listen. probably seen this chart a million times where they show like how many migrants are coming in and, and like the lines kind of follow each other pretty much every year. And there's a spike yeah. every once in a while. And then you've seen the chart where they goes up and it goes way above the all the previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the peak of that chart was 200,000. They've now had to adjust the chart because it literally went off the chart. Yeah. It went off yeah. the chart. They had was, to change the chart. They've been right? releasing. Yeah, it was two, uh, 210 or 220. So now they're now north of the top of the actual <laughs> chart. That's Jeez. how bad he's been. He's been legitimately, literally off the charts bad. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yay! Congratulations. Yay! But it's a very diverse group of yes, people. Yes, it is. That's true. Uh, That's important. You know, right. and some of the men in the administration are having babies, and mm-hmm. I just think it's it's something to be proud of. <laughs> it really is. Jeez. All right. So you want your kids to know about the truth. You want to know um, why socialism is bad. Why you can't think like the collective. Why individual responsibility is so important. Why the free market works. You have to inoculate them. You want a vaccine. (laughs) This one, no mask, will work against. Strangely, kind of the same way. Unless it's an N95 mask. Um, But uh, you want them inoculated from all of the crap that they're going to bring home from school. The best way to do that is to teach them in an effective way exactly who we are, where we came from, why we made the decisions we made. A freer, more perfect union. Accurate history of the United States. Free markets. Limited government. Why do they work? You will find these in the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins. It's a series of books for all ages. I, I, I want you to find them for your kids and your grandkids. You can find the teenage uh, versions, young adult versions. And quite honestly, there's so much stuff in these that I think a lot of our parents need to know this as well. Just gave my son for his birthday as part of his present, like the whole set of the Tuttle Twin books. You listen to this show? No, I heard some other show talking about it, and I was like, God, those sound great. <laughs> TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You'll get 35% off. 
They'll even throw in all of the activity books for free. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, coming up, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is going to join us. Uh, he's currently the Executive Vice President of Family Research Council, uh, which, of course, we all know is a terrorist organization, according to Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, but uh, he also was one of the founding members of Delta Force uh, and has been in charge of our our special forces and a remarkable man and want to get his view on Afghanistan, what this means to us all around the world uh, and especially China with what China is saying. It is <laughs> they are mocking us right now. They are mocking us. The U.S. lost. It was a no-brainer. That was from their Communist Party newspaper, China Daily. The U.S. lost. It was a no-brainer. From what happened in Afghanistan, those in Taiwan should perceive that once a war breaks out in the Straits, the island's defense will collapse in hours and U.S. military won't come to help. That's from the other Chinese Communist Party mouthpiece, Global Times. As a result, the uh, ruling party of of Taiwan will quickly surrender. I mean, the age of a superpower is now behind us. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, And the world will become a much, much more dangerous place to be Uh, by the way uh george soros uh, just popped up on the scene again uh as he usually does he is uh, he's saying gosh i shouldn't have made all these deals with china i think they are the greatest threat to uh america and i see a war with china coming oh really do you george thanks this is the glenn Beck program let me tell you a little bit about built bar Built Bar. I blame Stu on my fatness. On your fatness? Well, Mm -hmm. I I will say I did start at this job basically getting you sandwiches at Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much my first responsibility Mm -hmm. uh, many, Mm -hmm. many years ago now. Yeah. Uh, And uh, and now I have, through several intermediaries, introduced you to Built Bar. (laughs) First my wife, Mm -hmm. then she transferred Mm -hmm. that information to your wife, and then she harassed you for months and you ignored her. And then eventually tried it out of desperation mm-hmm. because there's nothing left in the house to eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when you were won over to Bilt Bar. Yes. So that's and all you have to do is get Glenn a piece of information. Yeah. Just line up like 14 relatives and and and, and then have them funnel the abandon me with no nothing to eat in the house. <laughs> right. nothing, nothing except Bilt Bars. And then I eat it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I continue to eat them. And then they're really good, and they're healthy for you? They're healthy for you. They're low in calorie, low in carbs, uh, and they're really great. Really great. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code BEC15 at Built.com. Glenn 
so again, I just like to start the ad, uh, the hour with some positive news. Yes, Afghanistan is a humiliating defeat that may put into jeopardy our very superpower status. But it was a diverse group of people that pulled this debacle off. And I think in today's world, that's a win. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. If you value your good name and all the things you've worked really hard for throughout your life, the prospect of having some cyber criminal come along and just help himself to your identity and whatever money you have that's in the bank is not only terrifying, it's offensive. It's kind of like if you had worked 20 years and spent all the hard work and money and blood to uh, make sure that one group of people didn't take over a country and uh, oppress the people. Uh, And then some guy just comes in and just flushes it down the toilet. I mean, it's terrifying, right? And offensive. But let's get back to cyber criminals. LifeLock is there because they understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life. Every day we put our information at risk on the Internet. And that's why cybercrime is so high. LifeLock will detect a wide range of identity threats. And because nobody can watch and, and catch everything today, they'll work with you to fix the problem if your data ends up getting compromised. Right now, you can join and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with the promo code BECK. That's LifeLock.com, promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK for 25% off. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. If you thought the worst of the pandemic was behind us, think again. The left is demanding more masks, more vaccine mandates, more lockdowns. But the fight for freedom was never over for small business. Glenn heads to ground zero for the battle against government control. California, where business owners aren't just fighting fines and regulations, they're fighting possible jail time. Watch Small Business Criminals tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Good friend um, and a a legend, uh, in at least for me, a, a guy that is just one of the straightest arrows you will ever meet. Uh, he is now the executive vice president of the Family Research Council, who, uh, of course, we know, uh, thanks to the Southern Poverty Law Center, is a terrorist organization. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Hi, Jerry. How are you, sir? I'm well, Glenn. It's good to be with you. Good to, good to talk to you again. Um, let's just start with your opening thoughts on Afghanistan and how this is gone. Uh, tragic. It's uh, reminiscent of uh, Saigon 1975. Mm. Uh, I am, Can I, may I, I say, may, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt, General, but uh, Saigon, everybody's comparing it to that, but no one was hanging on to the helicopters and then falling to their deaths in Saigon when we left. Well, clearly you are correct. In fact, uh, the people in Saigon had close to two months to prepare for what ultimately unfolded there on, I think, about the 15th of April. So you're right. I say it is reminiscent of Saigon. We haven't seen that kind of thing. It it, it marks a number of things. First of all, it marks uh, uh, the end of, of this war that America has lost. 
And that is a hard thing for me to say, but we have lost here. Uh, and we need to accept that and understand that. And we need to understand that there's plenty of blame and criticism to go around going all the way back to the Bush administration here. Because we we really fouled this thing up when we took our eye off the ball. After we'd completed our objectives there, uh, with the exception of capturing or killing bin Laden, we then turned everything over to NATO, and NATO will not fight. That's just a simple thing. I mean, all you have to do is uh, talk to people that have been in different situations, and I'm one of those people where NATO has been on the ground, NATO's been responsible, and the NATO countries do not fight. They, they come with national caveats that prevent them from fighting. So what we did is we lost our focus, turned to uh, Iraq, and uh, left it in the hands of NATO. We should have pulled out probably in January of uh, 2002 because we had achieved our objectives. And uh, then we got into nation building, and when we got into nation building and we turned it over to NATO, we just took our eye off the ball, and uh, now we see the results of that. Uh, And I, I, I am very saddened by it. Uh, this is worse than what happened in Saigon. You're right. But uh, it is reminiscent uh, for a generation that was not here during that period. When, I mean, we are on the edge of losing our superpower status, are we not? I mean, Russia and China, China's m- mocking us right now with Taiwan. Uh, and I think they're right. I think they're right. Well, I think they're right, too, and that may be the biggest loss in this whole thing. It may not be just the loss of the war. It may be the loss of our credibility as a, as an ally. Listen, don't think for one minute that China and Russia are not uh, licking their lips, and at the same time, Taiwan and the Ukraine are, are very, very worried because we have demonstrated just how reliable we are not. I, it comes down to it. I have... Never in my lifetime seen our allies uh, come out as they have. I mean, some of our allies didn't like Donald Trump and they would make, you know, remarks here and there. But not like this. Our allies now all over the NATO nations, they're all saying the same thing. What does this mean? We can't trust that America is going to have our back anymore. I mean, we betrayed all of those people that went in with us did we not we did indeed and remember we had a nato coalition there which i was talking about earlier when we just finally turned everything over to them and we went to iraq we we had a nato coalition there as and and by nato charter an attack on one is attack on all and those nations were uh obliged to pony up uh troops to go into afghanistan and, uh, and fight with us there in Afghanistan. And again, I'll come back and tell you that my experience with them in the Balkans and in other places is the NATO countries come with caveats from their own government that tells them exactly what their rules of engagement are, and they're never consistent with the rules of engagement that are established to be able to win in the environment, and that's what we turned it over to, people who would not fight and uh, and. and that was a huge mistake, but there's plenty of blame to go around to include going all the way back to the Bush administration when they when they did lose their focus and they pulled everything out and went to uh, Iraq uh, just as we were 
uh, actually achieving our objectives there in Afghanistan, uh, with the exception of bin Laden. Uh, we could have pulled out of there in, in January and, uh, and have left behind uh, the right small forces to include intelligence capabilities, a counterterror operation, uh, some trainers, advisors, and then finally some some uh, people to secure the embassy there. We could have we could have left them all behind in uh, a very small element and sustained that for an indefinite period of time, uh, but more in an advisory and counterterror role than anything else. And we didn't. How, how? We stayed there in major forces and until finally a bad decision was made by the Obama administration to tell them what we were going to do and then turn around and pull out precipitously uh, before the even the Iraqis were prepared. So. Um, can you can you help me out on why we would build a billion dollar embassy and a gigantic air force base with all kinds of strategic um, uh, capabilities and advantages, and then just walk away with it, including some drones and some Blackhawks and everything else? Why would we do that? Yeah, uh, I I will tell you that my my assessment is, and this I hope this doesn't sound like sour grapes, but I think we got uh, in the Obama administration that we got some uh, we got some really uh, bad leadership into our military at all levels and all services. We got some bad leadership there, and then we also got some some very bad leadership over in the State Department. Uh, and I think that the combination of, of, of what started under the Bush administration, there were some bad ones in the Bush administration, mm-hmm. but that just increased during the Obama administration. And and uh, actually, Trump was about to clean it up when he uh, when he left. But don't don't forget, Trump did uh, actually say that he was going to be out of there by May. The difference is that Donald Trump was flexible enough to see what was going on, to listen to his advisors, those that uh, he knew that he could trust in terms of how to deal with what was going on. And I think he would have uh, he would have taken a step back and have uh, probably uh, developed a different timeline for this, and he would have responded when he saw the Taliban was going to, uh, to, yeah. to do what they were doing. I think he would have gone in there with... Uh, with some pretty heavy firepower and uh, oh. and fought that back. Oh yeah, I, I, I there's let them do that. Yeah, there's no way Donald Trump would not have been humiliated and let the United States be humiliated. He if if that thing was coming undone, you know and I know he would have unleashed hell on the Taliban. Yeah. He may not have changed the dates of of leaving or anything else, but he certainly wouldn't be making phone calls to the school district in Fort Worth on Saturday, congratulating them on their tough stand on masks. That wouldn't have happened. He would have been engaged. Yeah, well, what's happened to uh, this country since Donald Trump left? This whole idea of putting America first is has is, is become something that we are supposed to be ashamed of. But Donald Trump made us proud to be Americans. Uh, and and he, he did exactly what he believed in, and he did what he said he was going to do. I disagreed with him uh, one time, and I said so publicly in the media, and that was when he pulled the uh, U.S. forces out of northeast uh, Syria when the Turks um, announced mm-hmm. that they were going to invade that area. And I, and I went to see his national security advisor, and, 
and uh, his chief of staff, and I sat down and talked to him and said, look, I, I understand this whole idea of having to write letters home to American families because I've done it, and it's very painful. The difference between that and Donald Trump's responsibility, I was there when they died. I was with them when they died, and that makes it even more difficult. But don't, don't do this. Don't compromise. Don't leave the Kurds uh, up there uh, un, unguarded. Yeah. Don't leave them there with no allies at all. And uh, and that was the one thing that I disagreed with him on. But look, he you talk about uh, allies. I don't care what people think about uh, NATO and Donald Trump. They respected Donald Trump. He is the only guy that would stand up there before them and say, pay your side, pay your bill, pay up, pay your portion of what it costs to run NATO. And uh, that was supposed to be the end of our relationship with NATO. But what did they do? They paid up. They paid up. And, uh, And I think that they actually respected Donald Trump, regardless of what they may have said about him. I think that they were... Uh, NATO nations that wish that their leader was like that. And look, this guy has built uh, relationships in the world today that uh, I think are, uh, everything that he had built is probably destroyed now just with this whole thing that's going on in uh, Afghanistan. I've never seen, I mean, you're seeing big officials from England and all over the world uh, just saying this was a nightmare and we can't trust anymore. Um, and can you hang on just a second? Let me take a one-minute break. And The Pentagon can't say if it, it plans to keep U.S. weapons out of the hands of the Taliban. What have we given them and what should we be doing? More in just a second with uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. If your phone service is through one of the big mobile carriers, I want you to consider a few things. First, what if you could get service, meaning service on the same cell towers, for a whole lot less, like half the cost? Um, How about if you could get that cheaper cost and have better customer service while you're at it and the same coverage? Finally, what if you could get that cheaper cost for the same service, the same coverage with better customer service? And know that instead of helping them fund Planned Parenthood, which is something Verizon continues to do, you would be helping fund a company that is standing up and fighting for American causes, standing up and fighting for the First and Second Amendment. If that sounds pretty good to you, then go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. It is time to hang together, or as Franklin said, we will all hang separately. Get free activation with the offer code BECK. They also have special discounts for veterans and first responders. So support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares our traditional values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. 10-second station ID. So we have left all kinds of people behind. We have left all kinds of military equipment behind that they now have. It is obscene. Um, And Biden, while he said yesterday, "Ah, buck stops here, he blamed it on everybody, including the Afghan people who he said will not fight. But they have lost 
69,000 people in this fight. Uh, that's, you know, that's more than we lost in Vietnam. And they are not the size of America during the Vietnam years by any stretch of the imagination. Is it that they wouldn't fight? Is it that we wouldn't provide air cover? What happened? Yeah, listen, uh, we need to understand that, that what makes America, America's uh, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines fight the way they do, and they've done a good job, is that they have a, they take an allegiance to a constitution that means something to them, to a constitution that goes back, you know, to the very beginnings of this nation, and that, and that uh, alone. Uh, helps to bring about a camaraderie that puts them in a situation where they're fighting for a nation. They're fighting for their families. They're fighting for the future of their children and their grandchildren. You go back and look at the Taliban, uh, or not Taliban, but the Afghans, they're a tribal society. Right. Their allegiance is to the local tribal chief. And when you try to make a country out of them, and by the way, Glenn, they started out Writing a constitution for the Afghans, they started it with the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. Well, that ought to tell you something right there, that we don't know what we're doing. And that mm. for them, what that's saying is, therefore, Sharia will be the law of the land. And uh, we, we are to blame for that kind of nonsense. But they don't fight because the Taliban is actually... Uh, or, organized and motivated by an ideology, a theology that they believe in very much as to what their responsibilities are under the banner of Islam. And they're motivated by that. Uh, but the, the, you know, the uh, army that we trained and left behind there, the Afghan National Forces, uh, they're still tribal. They're still, their allegiance is still to the tribe. And they're not fighting for the country does it exist right so um whose whose failure is this uh, is it the intelligence um is it the pentagon or did they tell did they tell the president everything they needed he needed to know i mean he's making it sound like no that's not what they said they didn't say that this would fall apart and uh, listen glenn i i know you know scotty miller uh, very, very well. Scotty was one of my Delta Force guys. And I know that Scotty Miller gave him advice not to do what he was doing. And others, others gave him the same advice. The problem is he's got these uh, Harvard and Yale and and uh, all these graduates from some of these finest Ivy League universities that are uh, part of his cabinet, part of his advisory team, part of his national security element there. And they, they have not a clue what Afghanistan or any other country like that is, what, how it's composed of the tribal nature and structure. They have no idea, and they are giving him bad advice at the same time that uh, some of his generals are trying to tell him, wait a minute, slow down, back up, let's let's do this right. And he has ignored that. He's blown that off because his advisors, like uh, his Secretary of Defense and his Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, 
have been uh, sycophants as far as I am mm. concerned, and they have nodded and said, yes, this will work, Mr. President. And then, you know, you look at the doggone uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs when he was testifying before the Armed Services Committee, and he's talking about white rage, and he's talking about what makes people go to the uh, capital and breach the cap. That has nothing to do with the military. Nothing. I didn't, in 36 and a half years, I never saw white rage. By statute, General Milley is supposed to be the advisor to the president on all things military. Breaching that capital had nothing to do with the military. So why are you spending your time instead of thinking about the readiness of our military and white rage? As far as I'm concerned, it is a non-issue for the military. So Luke. he needs some new leadership in the Pentagon. Well, they're not coming. They all felt that they did a great job. Uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, thank you so much, sir, for all of your service. And best of luck at the Family Research Council. Uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Find him at frc.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So it was Lisa. It all comes down again to Stu. Stu and his wife. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're talking about Bill Barr. Mm-hmm. And Bill Barr, this did come mm-hmm. from my wife, who mm-hmm. discovered these long before she you. She turned my wife onto them. And then your wife was lecturing me for about a year. And you ignored her. I did. And then. She, because she said, it's a protein bar. It's really good for you. Right. I'm not going to eat that. No, you ignored she, her completely. I mean, she should have known better. Until there was no food in the house. Now, you yeah. always say I was left with no food in the house. I think what that means is you ate all the food in the house. And well, then, no, I was left and my wife left and she 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 knows how much I eat. And she didn't. She only left it. enough for what? Six weeks. So you were a couple right, days she was in. gone for three days. <laughs> and uh, so there was nothing in the house except these built bars. And I was like, oh, uh. so you tried them and they were amazing. And it was like eating an almond joy without the almonds. So I think that would be a mouse. It, it, they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> Try the nine different flavors. They're healthy, low cal, low carb, built.com. Use Beck 15 and get 15% off your order. Built.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. There is a guy who's been on the program before. Um, he is somebody who's just, I mean, a giant mentally. First of all, he won in 93, won the bodybuilding championship. Uh, as a teenager, and you're like, okay, he's a muzzlehead. Then he went on to receive his BA and his MA in history. Um, then uh, uh, dual minors in philosophy and lit- literature. Um, he also studied uh, closely with Victor Davis Hanson, uh, graduate courses at Georgetown University. Um, he uh, also studied medieval Islam and Semitic languages at Catholic University of America, serves as the Arabic language and regional specialist at the uh, Near East section of the Library of Congress, where he uh, informs a lot of people um, that are in the know and uh, government officials. He also often functions as a journalist, has uh, been a media fellow at the Hoover Institution um, news analyst for CBN News and others. Uh, he produces a monthly report, Muslim Persecution of Christians, 
which is why I wanted to bring him on now. Um, he is chronicling day to day the abuses and slaughters of Christians throughout the Islamic world, and no one is really paying attention to what is going on. I wanted to uh, bring him on. Uh, it's Raymond Ibrahim. He is the author of Sword and Scimitar and a distinguished senior fellow at Gatestone Institute. Raymond, welcome. Hi, Glenn. Very good to be with you again. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Um, I am concerned with what's going on in uh, Afghanistan. You know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but I started the Nazarene Fund a few years ago uh with isis and we have been going in and trying to free the women and children that have been made slaves and anyone that is persecuted because they're a minority a religious minority um we've been trying to get them out and now i think we've got a whole new country to look at can you tell me what's going on yeah absolutely um afghanistan even before what happened recently was uh, is widely considered the uh, absolute worst Muslim nation in the world insofar as its treatment of uh, minorities, specifically Christian minorities. Uh, so if you look at um, Open Doors, International Human Rights Organization, they publish their world watch list annually of the top 50 worst nations. Um, habitually, of course, it's dominated by Muslim nations for obvious reasons, but the top 10 are top 10 nations are the absolute worst and two or three of them are not Islamic. And usually the first worst nation in the world is North Korea. Um, but then the second worst nation and the first Muslim nation is Afghanistan. And so you can imagine with what's happening right now, it's going to get uh, significantly worse for any sort of a believer in that area. Um, in, in fact, here's a little quote from the World Watch list about Afghanistan. It says, quote, it is impossible to live openly as a Christian in Afghanistan. Leaving Islam is considered shameful. Christian converts face dire consequences if their new faith is discovered. Either they have to flee the country or they will be killed. And that's uh, so. And now with this new resurgent, emboldened uh, Islamist mentality, uh, you can be sure that it's going to get significantly worse for any uh, Christian living in that nation or even nearby. Raymond, can you help us out on the one question that is kind of a nagging question and I don't understand it at all. And that is why did the Afghani people not put up any kind of fight? What, what, what happened there? <laughs> well, um, I would say that, uh, you know, it, there's what we are told. And this actually, what I'm saying right now actually comports very well with so many other things that we talk about in the West and America and so forth. But there's what the media tells us. There's what the analysts and the experts tell us. And then there's the reality. And um, the people on the ground in Afghanistan and in these countries, they don't really care for the Western, uh, uh, for, for, mm. for the things that the West cherishes. Okay, the things uh, that we say are, 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 you know, the cornerstone of Western culture, let's say uh, uh, gender equality, for one example, uh, or, or, you know, eliminating the patriarchy. These are things that have existed, uh, not just in Afghanistan and not just because of Islam. I would say Islam actually reinforces so many of these primordial tendencies of, well, let's say, patriarchalism and so forth, not creates it. It actually just it's, it reinforces it. So they go way back, these ideas in places like Afghanistan. And when you just go there and as the U.S. government actually did, especially increasingly in, in more recent years, 
try to import, you know, <laughs> I don't know to what degree, but it sounds like to a large degree they were trying to import woke culture as well. None of that's going to fly with any Afghani at all because they're just not part of that culture. And they might have, you know, to an extent, in, in as much as the, America was in there and they were trying to work with it, they played along. But once it became imminent that the U.S. is leaving and so forth, all, you know, the charade just came off, the mask came off, and it was right back to the way it was. And and that's the idea, you know, this whole nation building and trying to import democracy to cultures that simply, uh, you know, have, it doesn't resonate with at all for a myriad, myriad reasons. Um, that's why it fails. And after two decades and all the money and blood and treasure that's been spent, that's why we are where we are. So, um, because I heard Tucker Carlson last night talk about how, you know, we were teaching all these woke principles. Um, and, uh, you know, th- these are principles that don't sit well with half the population over here. Has this made them uh, turn to an Islamist even harder? Or is it just is it just like, I don't care, just not these guys anymore? I would argue the former. Um, Historically, wherever the West in any way, shape or form retreats or is perceived to be weak, it has actually immensely exacerbated the idea of radical Islam. So if you go back to, let's say, the colonial era in the 19th century, mid 19th century and early 20th century, um, where where today we would describe America or not America's actions, mostly Europe's European action in the Middle East and the Islamic world as very negative. It was toxic masculinity. It was not multicultural. It was, you know, our way or the highway. That's how Europeans more or less came about. That actually, believe it or not, and, you know, putting aside all judgments worked and Muslims didn't feel resentful. They didn't, they actually tried to catch up and they saw it as the winning way. And we have to be part of that culture. And that's why you saw the hijab go away. Um, It's ironic today, you know, 21st century, you see the hijab and the burqas and all and that. Uh, But when you go back to the 1800s and you look at pictures of women in the Middle East and Egypt, Afghanistan and and, uh, Syria and these countries, they actually look like Western women. So they were actually trying to emulate. But in as much as the West starts to retreat, start to say our ways are bad, our history is awful, your way is love, is wonderful. And that actually isn't seen as, oh, you're being polite. Let me try to reciprocate. It's actually seen as admission of weakness and it emboldens and it makes Muslims go back to their own way. And that's why you see today in the 21st century, um, a large segment of the Muslim population trying to emulate the 7th century Muslims, the pure Mm. jihadists of Muhammad's time. And so, yeah, there's definitely a symbiotic relationship with Western weakness and Islamic aggression. And I think with what happened in Afghanistan, you're going to see that again. So I read the story this morning about a a woman who is a mayor of a small uh, town and the Taliban has come in and she said, I'm just waiting for them to come and take me and kill me. Uh, And she said, there's no place for me to go. Um, And so I'm just waiting. Um, The Taliban has said, oh, no, 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 we're we're no, we're not like that anymore. Do you does any sane person believe that to be true? No, but the problem is we ha- we're lacking insanity um, to a large extent, especially when it comes to you know our leaders and our betters. For what for whatever reason, they just don't want to think according to same principles. And it's even worse than that. Um, reports came out around the, uh, August 11th, a week ago, of the Taliban going door to door and forcibly taking girls as young as 12 yeah. to be their sex slaves, to be their wives. 
And again, so you see, it's, it's all back. It's just amazing, you know, 20 years of that and this most powerful nation and all the money that's spent and all the blood and all that. And then we are not just back to where we were, I would argue, to an even worse spot. And, and it all has to do with a very myopic Western worldview, which is, OK, look, we killed the bad guys. We got rid of the bad guys. Let's say Osama bin Laden and remember Mullah Omar. And now we've, you know, we've set up a, a, a government and obviously they're all going to want to be like us because this is the natural culmination. And see, I think this is what they don't understand in order to reach a, a good sort of Western democracy and, and the principles that we have, you have to have a bedrock before that. You can't just import it on, you know, a surface of Islam or tribalism. And our bedrock would be, I would argue, something like Judeo-Christian principles. And that's why you can build um, what we essentially built. And but because they don't see that, and they actually, and then when you say that, oh my God, that's the worst thing. Judeo-Christian principles. Oh, that's you're being, you know, uh, whatever triumphalist uh, and, and so forth. And so without that, you see what's happening. They bring the package without the found the groundwork being laid, and the end result is what we see and what we always keep seeing. We're talking to uh, Raymond Ibrahim, uh, uh, who is an expert on the Middle East. Um, what is coming our way, do you think, because of this collapse? Oh, I would argue, well, it's funny because I remember almost 20 years ago, you know, Ayman Zawahri, who was the second at the time of Al-Qaeda, and he's currently the, the head of Al-Qaeda since Osama bin Laden died. But I remember when Osama bin Laden, ever, about three years after the invasion of Afghanistan, some reporters, CNN, asked him, uh, Ayman Zawahri, what's, you know, what happened? Where's Osama bin Laden? Where's Mullah Omar? We don't hear about him. And what he said is, it was very telling, I'll give you the quote. He said to them, jihad in the path of Allah is greater than any individual organization. It's a struggle between truth and falsehood until Allah Almighty inherits the earth. And then he said, Mullah Omar and Sheikh Osama bin Laden are merely two soldiers, two soldiers of Islam in the journey of jihad, but the struggle continues for all time. And so you see there's that patience where it looked like they lost, they stepped back. Now, well, look, they're winning, even though those two guys are not there, Mullah Omar and, and Sheikh Osama bin Laden. And Ayman Zawahri will come and go. Muhammad himself, the prophet, came and died, but the jihad goes on. So... And they're already saying this. Uh, just recently, a leader said, it's our belief that one day the Mujahideen will have victory and Islamic law will come not just to Afghanistan. He just said this a couple of days ago, but all over the world. We are not in a hurry. We believe it will come day. Jihad will not end until the last day. So you see, it's this, it's this patience mentality that we're dealing with while we usually just you know sit and look at these little myopic sort of... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, milestones uh, that in the end just don't amount to much. <sighs> Raymond, um, any suggestion on where we should go from here? And, and, and I mean, as a people, not as a government, um, you know, we're this audience is very involved in um, rescuing people in the Middle East and all over the world that, uh, especially women and children that are found in these situations. And we want to help all uh, persecuted minorities um, yeah. get to safety. Any suggestion on, on what we should be looking towards or how we can help? Well, the first thing, of course, is to have to be armed with adequate knowledge. And I know you are, and I'm assuming most of your audiences, but to be to understand that, you know, we're talking about something like Christian persecution or religious persecution of minorities in general. 
when you come to understand that it is overwhelmingly the lion's share of that phenomenon is being uh, dealt out at the hands of Muslims. And, it, and, and the fact that it's hap- it happens in sub-Saharan Muslim Africans, Nigeria, where you have a genocide of Christians. It happens, of course, in East Asia, Pakistan, even though in Malaysia, Indonesia, and of course, the heart of the Muslim world all throughout North Africa, Middle East, Turkey, mm-hmm. Iran. When you understand that, I think you start to realize there's an ideology behind this, and it's important to get you know our heads wrapped around that ideology and understand it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's been around for 14th centuries. You don't have to say every Muslim believes this or every Muslim is out to do this to understand that you do have this core in yeah. there doing that, and it needs to be eventually excised in order to put an end to what's happening. People need it's to understand the form. difference between a Muslim and an, Isl- and, uh, an Islamicist. Uh, right. That is the real problem, and we refuse to name it. Raymond Ibrahim, uh, thank you so much. We'll talk again, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Len. What distinguishes a truly great real estate agent from merely an adequate one or worse, a bad one? Well, here's one tip, and this is an easy one. If your real estate agent's like, hi, this is my first house, and uh, I know you're my uncle, but just uh, trust me, we're going to get this all taken care of. That would be a very bad one. Uh, Don't, don't uh, just take your biggest investment in your life and hand it over to somebody who isn't the very best. All right. So how do you find the very best? Well, that's where realestateagentsitrust.com comes in. If you are moving across town, across the street, or across the country, we can find the right real estate agent to sell your house and to buy your new house and to make sure that it's done right and that it is the most cost-effective transaction and smoothest transaction you can find. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You just tell us where you're moving uh, from or where you're buying. We can help you on both ends, and we'll find the best real estate agent in that area. The, somebody that we think is, uh, it just has all of the attributes that we're looking, uh, looking for in a real estate agent personally. Somebody who listens, somebody who has a great track record of getting it done, and somebody who is on your side. It's not just another transaction to them. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We have a fantastic guy coming on next. We've been talking just recently about how we were teaching the Afghans to be woke. Uh, Well, we don't like it. Can you imagine what that society feels about it? Well, a guy who is taking on Woke Inc. joins us next. Why he is blowing up on how corporate America is poisoning our society. Why is he speaking out? Oh, he's speaking out like no one else. Next. Hello, America. We want to talk about wokeness. Uh, And I want to take you to a couple places this hour. Uh, We were just talking to a Middle East expert that was talking about how our woke culture, uh, it really didn't didn't sell well over in Afghanistan. Uh, You're kidding me. It barely sells over here in America. But when it does, 
giant corporations have taken this and they are they are just playing people like crazy when people figure out how bad this uh this woke culture is and how it's just a product i think they're gonna be a little upset for being used but maybe that's just me there's a new book that is coming out today on woke inc i have its author in 60 seconds program ah my pillow believe it or not i didn't think i would like my pillow uh because if i if i picked it up in a store i would have been like ah i'd like something a little more firm blah 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 i don't know how exactly it works but you put your fist through each end of the pillow and it fluffs it and it lasts the whole night uh i don't know how i'm not questioning i'm not a scientist good god man uh however they also have at my pillow the giza dream sheets which are also fantastic they're made with giza cotton the softest cotton in the world they get softer and softer the more you use them they're breathable cool to the touch and really durable it's my pillow mypillow.com they have all the products for your sleep uh and a 60-day money-back guarantee so if you get the pillow and you're like i hate this just ship it back. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Get the Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99 with the promo code BECK. Do it now. MyPillow.com. Vivek Ramaswamy is the author of Woke, Inc. He is uh, a, quite an amazing man uh, that... Uh, was at 20 years old, was a hedge fund partner. He founded multi-million dollar enterprises. He led a biotech company as the CEO. Uh, he is a, he studied to be a scientist at Harvard, a lawyer at Yale. Pretty much the guy you're like, all right, sit down, have a nap. You're making me look bad. Uh, he is uh, with us now. Vivek, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks yeah. For having me. Um, tell me the the book that you're doing is you're blowing the lid off of of this woke scam, and uh, I don't know if you tie it into the Great Reset um, and and <laughs> what BlackRock is or, or you know, with what BlackRock is doing, but um, it, it's it's quite an amazing scam. It is. It is the defining scam of our century. And I didn't I wasn't born into elite America, Glenn, but I have lived in elite America for the last 15 years. And I'm revealing the scam of of our time, which is that these companies in corporate America pretend like they care about something other than profit and power Mm -hmm. precisely to gain more of each. And and the problem is that that's not just an act of hypocrisy. It is wreaking havoc on our democracy because it demands that a small group of investors and CEOs determine what's good for the rest of society rather than our democracy at at large. And that is fostering a new crisis of institutional mistrust in our country. It's Mm -hmm. dividing our country to a breaking point as they're pushing a woke agenda that says your identity is based on your race and your gender and your sexual orientation. And that might make us better consumers to buy their stuff but it leaves us worse off as citizens in the end. And, and that's what I'm exposing in the new book and hopefully also charting a better way forward for us. So tell me why companies like Nike, this, this is the number one question people have. Why would they do this? Why would they uh, hold these? Why would Coca-Cola say be less white in their meetings? Why would they do that? Well, I'll tell you, 
Coca-Cola would rather talk about teaching their employees to be less white or issue statements about new voting law in Georgia that make it sound more like a super PAC than a soft drink manufacturer, for that matter, than it would talk about its own product's impact on a nationwide epidemic of diabetes and obesity, including, by the way, Glenn, in the very black community that they profess to care so much about. That is how this new game is played, where big business effectively blows woke smoke to cover up their actual business practices that they would rather not talk about. Wall Street mastered the game in the post-2008 era, Glenn, when you might remember big business was bad guy in the eyes of the old left. Yep. But what the new left found is there was this new, what, what big business found is there was this new woke left that said actually the real problem wasn't economic injustice. It was racial injustice and misogyny and bigotry. And that actually presented the opportunity of a generation for big business and for Wall Street in this country to say that if they could use their market power to push these woke values, if they could lend their legitimacy to this new woke movement, then they could actually go from being the bad guys to becoming the good guys. And so what I talk about in the book is the story of how, you know, a bunch of big banks got in bed with a bunch of woke millennials. Together, they birthed woke capitalism and they actually put Occupy Wall Street up for adoption. Silicon Valley then copies the act, effectively censoring content that the new left doesn't want to see online, but in return, expecting the new Democratic Party to look the other way when it comes to leaving their monopoly power intact. And it has worked so masterfully for Wall Street and for Silicon Valley that Nike and Coca-Cola and the rest of corporate America, as we know it, are following suit. And I think that that is the real threat to individual liberty and prosperity today, Glenn. I agree. It isn't just big government. It is this new hybrid of big government and big business that can do what neither one can do on its own. And yep. that, to me, is the defining challenge of our time. I, I think this is, you know, I've heard, I've heard big capitalists say for 25 years, you know, China's the new model. And I've always, I've always responded with, uh, I don't want that to be the new model, thank you. Um, but that's really what stakeholder capitalism is. Our, we as a shareholder in shareholder capitalism, I can go to the meetings, I can vote, et cetera, et cetera. But stakeholder capitalism, my only way in for a voice on that is who I elect. And we know how well Washington is working for us now. Exactly. And, and some people, you know, amongst Milton Friedman's heights, they may not like stakeholder capitalism because they think that politics infecting business makes business less efficient. And I share those concerns to some degree. I've been a CEO, but I actually am more concerned about the opposite, Glenn, is the way in which actually it allows big business to erode our democracy. In yeah, reverse. it but makes it makes government world Europe. It makes exactly. government more efficient because they yeah, can't do well, those it, things. Yeah. And, and, and it also imperils democracy because you convert this one person, one vote system that we have into a one dollar, one vote system mm -hmm. where a bunch of CEOs spouting off from Davos get to decide what's best for the rest of us. And, you know, stakeholder capitalism sounds like a very friendly title. In reality, what it is, is a vector to advance values that empower the people who are at the top of that chain, but at the expense of democracy itself. And here's what the progressives don't realize, Glenn, is that once corporations become a vehicle to advance progressive agendas, which they are today, they become a vehicle to advance any agenda. And you yep. put your finger on it before, they are advancing the agenda of the Communist Party of China. Because when companies like Nike and Disney do not say a peep about true human rights atrocities in China, while they continue to criticize the United States relentlessly, that creates this false moral equivalence on the global stage between the United States and, and with China. When Twitter bans the 45th president of the United States but continues to allow the Taliban to tweet, it creates a false moral equivalence between the United States 
and the Taliban. And that attacks our greatest geopolitical asset of all, which is not our nuclear arsenal. It is our moral standing on the global stage. And these companies have turned into Trojan horses that are undermining those American interests from within, not just in our culture Uh, and in our democracy, but now in geopolitics. I am so glad that you have published this book. I am so glad that you've published this. I've been ringing this bell for a while and, you know, people say, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. It makes total sense that they would do this. They are gaining money and power and not forget about America. It's one market to them. They're going for the globe. Exactly. And, And you think this is also a foreign policy disaster dating back 30 years in the United States where we thought we could use our money to get countries like China to be more like us, to spread democracy. Correct. And instead, countries like China have turned that on its head by using their money to get us to be more like them. And I am sorry to say it is working that exporting Big Macs and Happy Meals to other countries didn't spread democracy. <laughs> instead, China has used Nike sneakers and Disney movies as Trojan horses, sending them back with their own values. And that is the reality of, of the painful lesson that we've learned over the last 30 years. One of the things I do in the book, though, is I lay out what I think is a better way forward, what we ultimately need to do to turn this tide. It will not be easy, but I think it is the defining challenge for not only the future of the conservative movement, but the future of the American movement as we know it. So, Vivek, how do we uh, I mean, when you look, you mentioned the banking system, you know, you look at the um, uh, the Paris Accords. That wasn't about global warming. That was about the banking system. That's all that was. Um, And so when you have the banking system and this new ESG uh, rollout, you have complete control and shutting anyone down that stands against it. How are you? How are you proposing? How do we get out of that? So so what's happening right now, Glenn, is crony capitalism 2.0. And it's the mirror image of crony capitalism 1.0. In crony capitalism 1.0, what happens is companies co-opt the government to do their own bidding effectively through an indirect bribe. What we see in version 2.0 is the reverse. The government is actually co-opting companies to be able to do through the back door indirectly what the government cannot directly accomplish through the front door under our constitution. So let's talk about climate change or climate addressing climate change as an issue that you raised. Right now, they could not get the Green New Deal through Congress. Right. So what they're instead doing is John Kerry, the climate czar of President Biden, is boasting about this. He's using big banks on Wall Street to stop lending to any project that they feel does not comport with their agenda. Mm-hmm. That is using the back door to accomplish what they couldn't do through the front door, which is an affront to the Constitution. And I will tell you, big banks are not charitable institutions, Glenn. They do not do those favors for free. The real question is what they are getting in reverse. It right. is a reverse bribe. Same thing with big tech censorship. They say that these are private companies operating as private institutions. Well, guess what? Maybe if they're operating as private companies, they should be free to do what they want. But they're not. They are now doing the bidding of the federal government to take down misinformation and hate speech as defined by the party in power. Jen Psaki and Joe Biden are boasting about it. And worst of all, they're actually protected by this cloak of federal immunity called Section 230 that immunizes them from liability in the states for doing exactly that. And so my view is if it is state action in disguise, then the Constitution still applies. In the case of big tech, these companies still ought to be bound by the Constitution, the First Amendment, the Constitution and the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States when they are doing the selective bidding of the government and when they're protected by federal immunity to do it. That's an example of the kinds of solutions I trace in the book 
looking back to the way in which government has actually used its power to empower certain classes of companies to do the bidding of big government and particularly the progressive wing of big government without the accountability that we have in our constitutional system with checks and balances. We have a government, however, that even without the private side is not following the Constitution. And it doesn't seem as if anyone really cares about it. They don't. They just think it'll always be this way. And everyone who has lived in a foreign country, especially a former Soviet bloc, uh, they are they all see exactly what is coming. Uh, And the American... The American people just don't see it. I, I want to continue our conversation here in, in just a second. The name of the book that is out is Woke Inc. It comes out today. It is critical that you understand this is the problem. This is what we're fighting. We're not fighting a bunch of Marxists or anything else. I personally think the Marxists are useful idiots. Remember, I'm the guy that wrote Arguing with Socialists. I learned my lesson after I wrote that book. Wait a minute. That's not even the real target. The real target is government and business colluding. That's the structure. And it's a communist uh, model. And yeah, it sure looks an awful lot like socialism, but it's totalitarianism. Uh, And it is run by the corporations, the elite All to the people that think they know better than you. Back in just a second. Whatever you're listening to right now, it's going to be better with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ear. Whether it's an audio book on bird watching or the latest episode of the Glenn Beck program, 19th century French art songs, uh, the piano or Icelandic death metal, Whatever it is you're listening to, that's, by the way, really good. Have you listened to some Icelandic? It's the only death metal I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for you. Good for you. Um, you want to listen to it with uh, with earbuds from Raycon, wireless earbuds. They come with gel tips for your comfort. Unlike a lot of other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. Yeah, Apple. I'm talking about you with those stupid white golf clubs. Made by slaves, most likely. But anyway, Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. 32-hour battery time. They started half the price of the other premium audio brands, and they sound just as amazing. Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you can't lose. You don't like them? Send them back. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. You can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Beck. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Save 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, is with us. He is the author of Woke Inc., why I'm blowing on how corporate America is poisoning society. Um, you can't be very popular, <laughs> Ravek, <laughs> in the circles well, uh, that you have run in. I pissed off some, some quote-unquote powerful people, I will say, in recent days as the book has come out. And, uh, and I'm okay with that, Glenn, because unlike a lot of people, including myself, who years ago may have had to choose between putting food on the dinner table and speaking my mind openly, Thankfully, I've lived the full arc of the American dream now, and I don't have to really restrain what I have to say for fear of consequence. I thankfully started a company that ended up being successful. 
I have seen this from the inside, and so many people who have seen it from the inside would rather continue playing the game, wear hipster clothes, applaud diversity and inclusion, muse about the racially disparate impact of climate change after flying on a private jet to Davos. I can tell you it's not a bad life. I've seen what that looks like. But at the end of the day, somebody has to tell the story from the inside. And, And I'm not a journalist reporting on my findings. This is what I have seen from elite academia to big pharma to Wall Street to Silicon Valley. I have lived in those worlds. And at the end of the day, I think once the American people see what's going on, yeah, maybe their blood will boil. But I think that is also the first step to seeing the problem with clear eyes that allows us to chart a better way forward. So you are, um, I mean, you just said one of the bigger problems is a lot of people would just rather play along. Um, uh, You know, people, I think, feel powerless. And when you, they feel powerless over the government. But when you join the government with big tech and big corporation, what chance do you have? Absolutely. It's really hard where you have to ultimately make the choice between keeping your job today and speaking your mind. And I personally think one of the things I talk about in the book is I think that we need legislative solutions that meet that unique challenge to liberty in 2021. Not just reciting some slogan we memorized in 1980 saying the free market can do no wrong without recognizing that the free market that we idealize doesn't actually exist today. No, we need to apply new dogmas to address our present challenges. And so, so one of those for me is really simple. I think we should add political belief as a protected class right up there next to race, sex, religion, national origin, and sexual orientation in the civil rights statutes. And, you know, if you want to have a conversation about whether that's actually one more constraint on a business that we shouldn't want to apply, I think that's reasonable if we get rid of protected classes altogether. But a lot of the solutions that I propose in the book is, I think you can't have it both ways. Either we trust the market and the truly free market to address all forms of discrimination evenly, or we have to apply those standards evenly to say that if you can't discriminate against somebody or fire somebody or deplatform somebody just because they're black or gay or Muslim or Christian or Jewish or whatever, you should not be able to fire or deplatform them just because they're an outspoken conservative either. And that is not an academic issue. It is happening every day in this country, directly or indirectly. If it can happen to the 45th president of the United States, it can literally happen mm. to anybody. And so I think these are the kinds of solutions we need to meet our moment. Give me, uh, uh, we have two minutes. Give me a final uh, pitch to somebody who kind of really doesn't, doesn't get it yet. They're like, ah, I don't know if that's, as bad as they're making it out to be. Sounds like a conspiracy theory. Well, I think it's not a conspiracy in the sense that you can see it in plain sight. You look at the ways that companies do business here in the United States and criticize the United States while they're doing it. Ask those same businesses, if they're criticizing slavery in the United States 250 years ago, then why are you not reducing your reliance on slave labor in China today? And if you think that that isn't the CCP behind the scenes pulling the strings directly, you can actually look at hard facts that prove they are. Airbnb posts a nice black square on its corporate Instagram account and says it stands in solidarity with Black Lives Matter here in the United States. While it uses that to win your trust, to give them your data, and they're handing that over to the CCP as a condition for entry into the Chinese market. Details that I detail in my book. So this is a game in which the American consumers are being played, American citizens are being played. But Glenn, the right answer isn't to cancel wokeness in return. It is to dilute it to irrelevance by reviving a shared sense of American identity that runs so deep that it really dilutes wokeism to nothing. And and I think if the last decade was our decade of celebrating our diversity and our differences, then so be it. 
let the next decade still be about celebrating what binds us together as one people. And I think that that's actually the ultimate solution is a cultural revival of that American identity. Something uh, I talk about at length in the book. I so love uh, me and, and hope yeah, you read the book. You bet. I, I, I love you. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the name of the book is Woke Inc. It just became available today. It is well worth your time. Might want to buy a couple of copies and give one to a friend. You want to understand what's going on? Here's a great place to start. Woke Inc. Available everywhere. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Michael lives in Arizona. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I have never experienced a product that has made such a huge difference in the way that I feel. I, I had daily headaches due to stiffness from hard work and old age. They have completely underlined, disappeared. I feel 20 years younger. Relief Factor has absolutely changed my well-being, and I recommend it to anybody suffering from aches and pains. Thank you, Glenn, so much for recommending it. Michael, I'm glad you had this experience. I know how much Relief Factor has helped me with my own pain and how much it continues to do so. I take it three times a day still. You're going to know if it works for you in three weeks. Get the three-week quick start. If it works for you, continue to take it. If it doesn't, uh, stop taking it. And about 30% of the people who try it uh, stop taking it. 70% go on to order more because they feel like me. They feel like Michael. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. All right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You'll get the promo code Glenn. Ten bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I became aware of a video uh, early, I think, last week uh, from Politizoid. Uh, Politizoid has uh, done uh, several videos that are well worth your time to watch. Uh, let me just uh, play the highlights of this one. It starts in Disneyland uh, at It's a Woke World. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to It's a Woke World. This video takes you into It's a Small World, except everything has changed inside but it looks exactly like it it's a it's a world of privilege in boats that are cramped welcome to disney's re-education camp if your skin if your skin is white it's time you're contrite it's a woke world after all it's a world of power, a world of fears, and we work long days to make souvenirs. Although millions have died and the Uyghurs aside, it's a woke world after all. There is a land where once you lived free as a capitalist pig of the bourgeoisie. We could eat until we are fat and we would vote Democrat if we just get past that wall. There is a land where you want to 
guy who put this together would like to remain anonymous, so we're just going to refer to him uh, as a the creative director of Politizoid. He is a former Disney artist. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Appreciate it, Glenn. <laughs> you bet. How are you? I'm doing well. It, I liked your narration there. Thank you. Uh, so you must have a great job, especially since you you don't uh, you don't have to t- you don't have to take credit in the bows. You also don't have to take the hits. <laughs> well, my family's not quite ready for that yet. I think I the bet. day will come. Um, but considering I live in Los Angeles and uh, I run my own shop, so. You know, I have clients that couldn't really handle uh, the fact yeah. that I animated that piece that you shared. Uh, but, you know, I'm tired of watching my country go down the drain, and it's it's time to do something. Um, I've been doing these cartoons for about 10 years, um, and, you know, at times we've had funding and, and a team of 12 guys running around. Other times it's just me. It, it, just, it depends on what the opportunity, uh, you know, the opportunity is there. But... Um, uh, I took about a seven-year hiatus off of doing these cartoons and jumped back in the game with um, a piece called Shift Hits the Fan. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was getting so uh, been out of shape over the impeachment scam and uh, kept seeing Adam Schiff coming on, you know, saying all these things that were undoubtedly, you know, false. And uh, every one of them proved uh, that he was lying. And so I, I dressed him up like Wiley Coyote and, and I put some, uh, you know, Trump hair on the Roadrunner and had him chasing <laughs> after him. And about three weeks later, the White House was sharing it. And uh, uh, so, you know, it was like, well, I guess I'm back. So since then, I've been putting out as many as I can in between client jobs. And because these, um, these take quite a while to do. I mean, the piece you just played took about uh, four to five weeks to complete. So Wow. Um, Full time. So you know. Yeah, it's a heavy investment in time to do something like this. And are, are you doing it by yourself, or are there others involved in it? Um, right now, the animation was done by myself. Uh, I had uh, some friends that helped contribute some elements, some of the posters at the end, and, um, you know, like the pictures of Mao and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, I had some help. Uh, and then uh, I had some friends that uh, brought together the, the, the course, because all that music was recreated. Yeah. Uh, that, none of that was pulled from any original Disney material. Right. So uh, the orchestra, everything had to be recreated uh, using synthesizers. And, uh, but I can't sing like a, a child. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so fortunately, uh, I had a friend that uh, was able to bring together um, you know, a lot of acting students. And, and, uh, and of course, the end was an adult choir. So I'm not even sure how many people end up singing it because I wasn't there. They sent me the files. Um, but without their help, I couldn't have pulled this off. I mean, if that song's not right, I mean, you want to feel like you're no, in you, real attraction. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, the animation is unbelievable. I mean, you worked for Disney. Uh, at one point yeah. as an animator and it is i mean this is really really well done um what uh why did you take on disney well i wouldn't do what i do without walt disney um i i, I grew up not wanting to be an animator i grew up wanting to be walt disney mm. uh, and uh you know i've I know his history. Uh, I've actually traveled to Marceline, Missouri twice and 
stood in front of his old offices in Kansas City and, and of course, done the tour here in L.A. multiple times of just uh, tracing his steps because um, I can't imagine what our country would be like without. Amen. I am so glad to hear you say I've been allowed to go into the archives. I've gone through his daily calendars and his diaries. Um, He's an amazing man. And I I don't know if you could say this uh, about very many people, especially in the 20th century. Imagine America without Walt Disney. It would be a radically different place. And I'm not sure we'd still be free. Because he put so much Americana into us, buried it deep into us as kids. Well, yes. Um, I mean, just imagine what Hollywood would be like without him. You know, there would have been no counterbalance. It's what we got now. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how deliberate or structured the takeover was, or if it was just kind of like an opportunity that presented itself to the left, but they took care of it by overtaking. Walt's company. I, I, I understand why Walt took the company public uh, mm-hmm. because he wanted to execute his ideas, but it was the worst mistake he ever made. Uh, followed up only by him not really having a good succession plan when he died. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't, I mean, you know, he probably felt like he was immortal or something. You know, I'm yeah. not going to die. Yeah. Uh, but um, that happened much sooner than he anticipated. And, um, you know, I learned what America was. They're watching those shorts, you know, Pecos Bill and, and mm. Paul Bunyan and all those sorts of pieces. Yeah. It just gave you a sense of pride and, and a connection to the people that came before us. And um, that, that connection has been severed. And I know that Walt would be just, uh, I mean, that's why I put Walt at the end. I, I know you didn't get to that part, but I actually pulled no, I know. From his congressional testimony or he was talking about the communists in Hollywood, I turned that in on itself, where he is actually calling the current regime a Disney communist as a floating head in the, in the reanimation lab, because the old urban legend that he was right. frozen, right. even though it was actually cremated. Well, that's what they want you to believe. He's actually uh, in the middle of the uh, African... Uh, uh, what is that stupid ride called? The African jungle, the jungle ride. That's where he is. The freeways, the the freezers in the middle of the jungle, uh, the jungle cruise. Um, uh, are there, are there more people like you than we think? Cause while we don't think there are anybody, there is anybody like you. Are there more Disney people that are in that company that are just silent right now? Um, there are a, uh, lot of, traditional folks that are below the line in Hollywood, meaning that, you know, they're, they're the, the craftspeople, the ones that actually do the work as opposed to the ones that are green lighting projects and, and um, actors commanding large salaries. Mm. And uh, they keep their head down. You know, I have a buddy that is having to, you know, direct woke stuff right now. And, and you know, I get texts going, man, this is just, it's not my scene. I hate this. And, um, you know, they, they'll share my videos around by email, you know, their personal email and, give me the thumbs up. But, you know, what really needs to happen is an opportunity to start pulling those folks into a new operation that competes yeah. with Hollywood. Yes. Uh, one where they know that they're not going to be canceled and that they can feed their families and, and save their country at the same time. And if an opportunity like that you know, presents itself, then I, I think that there are tons of people in Hollywood that would jump at the chance. I will tell you, though, that... The, the, 
conservatives just don't part with their money as easily as liberals do, especially on things like movies. Um, you know, they they don't like the odds of success. And and it's interesting because when it comes to politics, it seems like the left never runs out of money. Um, but it's very difficult on the right for some reason. Well, there's a very different mindset. I mean, you know, I kind of straddle the world between entertainment and politics. And there's very, um, you know, the, the people that run the money in politics are very set in their ways. Um, and, and they're able to kind of give the same sales pitch as to where the money's going to go in the ads. And, uh, you know, I... Um, uh, you know, I actually created 10 spots for the Trump campaign, and not one of them got used. Um, and it wasn't the folks that I was working with directly. They were great. But it would go up the food chain, and it would get mixed. Wow. And, Can, uh, w- would you be willing to share them? I'd love to see them. I actually uh, rebranded them as Politizoid, and they're on, uh, they're on the YouTube channel and the Twitter. Um, All right. Ones that still made sense to release. But, I mean, I would... I, I didn't sleep all last October, and I put out uh, spots that could have come up like the day after a debate or something, and they just didn't get used. Wow. And um, it was very frustrating because it, I feel like the pieces I did could have moved the needle. They could have brought in folks that a tr- traditional campaign ad would not have reached. Um, so, it, But, you know, it's, it's going to take time. And it, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time, but um, you know, I'm going to keep hammering at it and as the opportunities present themselves and I'm just going to, you know, kind of keep building. Well, I, uh, Politizoid, I have to tell you, I, I was really, really impressed with this, uh, video and, uh, I will begin to share some of your, uh, uh, some of your work as well and hope to, uh, talk to you offline as well. I, I, I think what you're doing is exactly right. And I really appreciate your, uh, your passion, uh, and your willingness to risk. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Bye-bye. So mortgage rates are still hovering at historic lows. Uh, You could probably go just about anywhere to save money with mortgage refinancing or debt consolidation loans, but that doesn't mean you should. The reason that the only mortgage lender I recommend or have recommended in 25 years is American financing, and it's simple. The reason why I do it, I believe in them. I have seen them over the last, what, 15 years that they have been uh, clients of mine. They're the kind of company that puts you first. They work for you, not the bank. And their goal is to find every possible way to help you save hundreds of dollars every single month, maybe as much as a thousand. It's a a consultative uh, kind of approach led by a salary based expert. So you don't have to worry about pressure or commitment because they're not like that. I've gotten to know the process over the years, and I know they can help you. Just call them, please, if you want to lower your mortgage rate or you need a consolidation loan. Loans are going to be harder and harder to come by soon. Trust me. Uh, I want you to call American Financing today, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Mm, welcome to it. Uh, tomorrow's broadcast uh, is so damn frustrating, honestly. It is so frustrating. Uh, tomorrow's television broadcast, our Wednesday night special, uh, just when we thought the worst of the pandemic was over, uh, it started to crawl out uh, again like a 
cockroach underneath a refrigerator, the tyranny has uh, crawled out again. California reminds us the fight is far from over. New York is going back into a crackdown. Tomorrow, I go live on location to Crony's Sports Bar and tells the story of a small business owner and other business owners that are still fighting the fines. And now they're fighting criminal charges. You may remember the uh, owner of Crony's. He raised uh, $80,000 to help pay off all of his uh, fines and keep his business alive. But a year and a half into this, he's facing a battle on three fronts to stay afloat and now out of jail. It's quite an amazing tale. And if we don't stand together and fight for these small businesses, there's not going to be anything left to fight for. Tomorrow, small business criminals, COVID tyranny rises again. That's tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com slash Glenn and Blaze TV YouTube. Make sure you don't miss it. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you're going to save 10%. Uh, this one, you know, I, I think hopefully tomorrow, I think we're going to have uh, some people on from New York because they're going back into a lockdown. And these guys are like, look, I, I'm, I'm not a conservative. But I'm not doing this again. These people are putting my uh, my business, my restaurant out of business. And uh, there is. Uh, gosh, I wonder if the Department of Homeland Security is on this because there's an uprising in New York by liberals. Hmm. Just been tired of being pushed around. Hmm. We'll uh, cover all of that on tomorrow's radio program and then tomorrow night on Blaze TV at 9 p.m. You don't want to miss it. The Wednesday night special, 9 p.m., blazetv.com slash Glenn. All right, we'll see you tomorrow morning on the radio. God bless. God bless.